Dream to Reality Entertainment presents the Think Tank Podcast. And now, coming to you pre-recorded, deep undercover, in the world's deepest, darkest, most secure, Hadron Collider and nuclear bomb tested and approved doomsday bunker, here is Ryan the Area Man. Well, hello there. Hey, buddy. Uh, so here we are, sitting in studio. Is that where we're at? Once I'm again. I'm just curious where we're at. Yeah, we're in studio. You can take the blindfold off now. All right, thank you. Uh, why, why did you pick me up this morning? That was just weird. Uh, well, I don't know. Just things. Okay. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> recently, uh, everybody has Netflix, right? At this point, you probably you would think probably yeah. everybody majority at least listeners. If you don't, go get Netflix for Christ's sakes. It's you know, it's worth having. It's not that expensive. No, it's super cheap. Was that super worth it? Eight bucks a month, seven ninety nine, something like that. Um, and that's just streaming. Like, if you want to get DVDs, that's a whole different thing. This isn't a promo for Netflix, um, but there are definitely good shows on Netflix that you should be checking out. Oh yeah, Fuck one me. of them we're going to talk about today. At least one, maybe more. We'll see. See how far this thing goes. Um, the Netflix original story, as they say in the. Uh, yeah. Uh, little doodads there. Credits. Doodad. Uh, is the show Wormwood. It's six episodes. They're about 40, 41, 42. Yeah, between 40 and 44. Yeah. I think one was 44. But yeah. yeah. They're about that long, and there's six of them. So, mm-hmm. you know, an afternoon, you should be able to get through them. This is a binge watch. Yeah, yeah. An easy binge watch, because you did it pretty quick, I think. Two days. Two days. Between you doing other shit, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It's easily done. You could yeah. spread it out over time, but you could. Yeah. It's one of these where you kind of want to watch it, just get through it, mm-hmm. see the fucking result. Yeah, I mean, when I first started watching it, the first episode's really kind of slow and bounces around a little bit, but you kind of get used to the f- flow of things. I mean, it is at parts very slow, um, but it can it, be. Yeah, but I mean, if, if it's something interesting to you, you're gonna power through it. You know. Um, and the other reason why I took two is I was tired and I wasn't feeling well and I fell asleep and I had to rewatch an episode yeah. or two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. that happens to me yeah. for everything. So but anyways, so, and I had never heard of the story before it happened. Right. Like the actual story. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody at work about this and they were like, I was like, what's it about? I was trying to describe it. I was like, oh yeah, I heard about that. The guy that. Like Antarctica and the aliens and all that. And I was like, no, 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 that's James Forrestal. Yeah, that's a whole different guy. This is a different guy that jumped out of a fucking window, and mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Which is weird because you remember the whole James Forrestal yep. thing. Yeah, and his name was brought up <laughs> in there too. Exactly, um, and and it's interesting because okay, so let's let's basically give a quick. Um, synopsis for those listeners that don't have netflix and don't have a computer in front of them and are like i, I still understand well, wormwood what is this All right, i'm just going to read the thing about the the show hang on okay okay it is total four hours and one minute 
1953, Army scientist Frank Olson takes a fatal plunge from a hotel window. In 1975, a bombshell report ties his death to a top secret experiment. Yes. Okay. So, basically, the original story, or the official story, is he either fell or jumped out of a window. In 1953, that was the official story. Yes. Um, But it was not, and it was, did they call it an accident? Yeah, I think it was accident, fell, or jumped were the three that they uh, they they called it because Eric was confused. He's like, "How do they the the words play together?" Like he couldn't understand. And Eric is the son of the the guy that did. Um, he could. He's like, "Well, was it an accident, or did he fall, or did he jump?" Like it, it never was really sure. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, in 1975, man, 22 years later. Yeah. It breaks from the Rockefeller report or Rockefeller that, Commission. That there was, that they were doing these, this, uh, experimental testing. Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if we should, I don't know, do we spoil the whole thing? We should just talk about the whole thing. So, like, yeah. we're going to spoil it at some point pretty quick here, I think. Um, like right now. <laughs> so, if you don't want to know and you want to go watch it first, maybe just pause this. Go watch it, then come back and listen to the rest of the episode, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Here's your spoiler alert that I don't yeah. like doing. Yeah. But I'll do it. Um, yeah, so. Play the trailer first before yeah, we Yeah, well, maybe we should just do that. Play Either the trailer. Way. That way they have time to listen to the trailer before they decide if they want to go watch it. Yeah. So listen to the trailer. They probably and then, already paused it and didn't hear any of this. Yeah, so. well, if they, if they didn't. Well, I was just going to read. Here's the, what the storyline is real quick. I'll just do it all. The six-part series explores the limits of our knowledge about the past and the lengths we'll go in our search for the truth. A family story of one man's 60-year quest to identify the circumstances of his father's mysterious death. A quest which brings him face-to-face with some of the darkest secrets of the United States. It's the untold true story of the CIA LSD experiments and the death of a family man. So one thing, I'm, I'm assuming his mom's dead, but they don't talk about that in the movie at all. Yeah, they mention her, but she seemed like she didn't want to know. Yeah. She just kind of accepted the yeah. official story. She didn't want to know anything. It was the son that's like, no, this does not make sense. Right. She was happy with the uh, the presidential apology. Yeah. So, all right, we're, we're bouncing around. Let's, yeah. Let's play the official yeah. trailer and uh, see what happens here. you told at the time of your father's death? I was told that your father has had an accident. It's an accident. Yeah. But that was the cover story told by the CIA. My father, Frank Olson, was an army scientist. His research group had a relationship with the CIA. They take him to New York Tuesday morning, early Saturday morning, he's dead. What was my father doing? What was the CIA doing? What happened there? The released CIA documents deal with a project codenamed MKUltra. There was in it a story of a CIA experiment on an unwitting civilian who was given LSD. You're the one on stage tonight, Dr. Olson. <laughs> You're all a bunch of jokers. 
This has been the shift from thinking that my father's death was a mysterious suicide to knowing that it was a CIA atrocity. This is 1975. There were a lot of questions about the integrity of the U.S. government. The government was so eager to shut this down. The tragedy that happened to the family was very deep and very real. Eric's whole life has been sucked into this terrible hole. The CIA was using LSD on people, but I think the real bad was something worse. He's a man that was profoundly distressed about what he was learning. Startling new information. Frank Olson, a former CIA scientist, may have been murdered. If you thought somebody was detrimental, you had no problem dealing with it. But then the question is, who ordered that? The United States began to do things which put its own democratic institutions in great jeopardy. And my father was in the center of that. Frank was somebody who has secrets, and he was dangerous. I can't tell you more. Yeah, there you go. What do you think? I want to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you should have watched it before we came in here. Oh, was no. I supposed to? Yeah. Shit. Well, we did. We both yeah, I know. did. I know. Um, so, uh, one of the interesting things, as the the sons like starting to like dig into it more, is they uh, found out that uh, in the uh, that magician, I forget the guy's name, that put together the CIA manual for, like, mm. deception and things like that to, like, yeah. train the, these guys, uh, CIA operatives or whatever the, these guys do, um, to do sleight of hand and slip shit into people's drinks, like, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. to, like, the truth serums and all this shit. Right. Uh, he wrote this manual, and, and, and then with that was... Uh, the document that says one of the the ways to like their their what was the preferred method to like kill people was oh that was the, throw assass- them, throw them the assassination out of the fucking, manual yeah throw them out of a window mm-hmm. which is right around the time this guy gets jumps out of a window he really? jumps in air quotes and then James Forrestal around the same time jumps out of a window mm-hmm. it's ridiculous when you well, have this and, do, uh, this document yeah. that basically says this is how we're going to get rid of people that uh, we don't want around. Right. As we're going to throw, and then all these guys just commit suicide that way? It's bullshit. Yeah, and part of that too, you left a part out, is you're supposed to hit them in the head yeah. right above one of their eyes, which then renders them unconscious, yeah. um, which then you can throw them off a, a building or out a window or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had that. Frank Olsen he had, had that. Yeah, when Frank they, Olsen they exhumed had that. his body. I couldn't believe that. And what was really weird is he started talking about his penis. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like, it, what? <laughs> yeah. It, they had embalmed him so well that his penis, you could still tell that it was yeah, his penis. Yeah, you could penis. still see the flesh and his penis it's was still intact, he said. weird. Like, yeah, it was they weird maybe should have cut that part out because it kind of made him seem... But maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe yeah. they wanted that in because it... Uh, Helps tell the story because he of was how involved well he was so well. It's yeah. very clear then that he had that 
Yeah, and it was also cool that, you know, so the official story is that he jumped through the window or fell through the window, but either way, he went through the window. Um, now, I've punched through glass before. I've broken out windows and stuff before, and I've gotten cut on my hand. If you jump through a window or you fall through a window, you're going to be, as they call it, lacerated somewhere on your body. Um, his body had no laceration marks, which means... He didn't go through the glass. He didn't go through the glass, which means someone broke the window first and then threw him through the window. Or he broke the window and then jumped. Right. Through the window. Now, right. there's some question on the word jump, which they bring up in the thing, because jump would is mean meaning you're like... Like, it'd be hard to jump through that window. Mm -hmm. You would have to dive through that window. Right. Because of the positioning and, and, you know, like, I don't know if I like the, that whole, well, it's all the words you use because people use that shit when they're trying to argue and you're like, oh, you said something the wrong way. So now that's my, you know, people that are losing arguments. Yeah, that's what I'm going to focus on, yeah. Yeah. uh, But it is interesting you know, the use of certain words in that respect, though, mm-hmm. because um, what was what did the actual documents say? Hey, they didn't say that he jumped through the window. It the said original, he fell through the window or something? The origin, yeah, the original um, coroner's report said fell through the window, I believe. Yeah, something like and that. And then, then they changed it to C-U-P-P-D. Which stands for? Or no, I'm sorry, C U P P I, which is uh, cause unknown pending police investigation. Copy C U P P I. Yeah. So the, yeah, they changed his uh, death certificate. Death certificate, yeah. Or autopsy, autopsy report. Autopsy I think. Report, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting. Yeah. Why would they, they change it? Because they didn't know at that point. They were going off the original story, yeah. you know, or the official story. I'm saying original now because of the Netflix thing, but yeah. I mean official story. Um, the whole thing, what was really weird to me was so for 22 years, they had really no answers, no questions. They didn't see or hear anything. And then it, the Rockefeller Commission report comes out and it says, hey, yeah, we were doing LSD ex- drug experiments and there was a scientist who fell to his death in, in 1953. Well, they put two and two together, got them. And the most interesting thing about the whole entire movie or show was that their family was invited to the Oval Office by the President of the United States and got a apology from the President of the United States. It has never been done again since then. Mm-hmm. They are the only family that has ever gotten a public, or not a public, but a apology. Um, and that was kind of cool and fucked up at the same time, you know, because he, you know, it was Ford, I think, right? Um, he obviously didn't tell them anything. And it was it was a play to placate them to get them to not sue, and that's exactly what happened. They didn't sue. Well, they had them sign an agreement thing too. There was a thing that they they had them sign in seventy five or whatever that uh, basically set them up so that they would agree. to kind of like just oh to do the civil thing yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right and they took a small sum I think of money or something like that mm-hmm. and because they wanted to go away and the guy didn't stop is the right. thing like he's right. investigating it and basically at the end of this whole show he says 
you know, what they should have done was, like, they should have never signed that thing because now <laughs> they'd, they'd have a shit ton of money money yeah. and a whole shit storm of, mm-hmm. you know, other stuff. It's, it's interesting that... So MK Ultra exists. It's very clear. You can literally right. just Google that and learn about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, all a lot of documentation on MK Ultra and the tests they were doing. And I personally think it's changed names, but they're still doing it. And even though they say they they don't do experiments on humans, I don't buy it. Well, look at the Aurora shooting guy. Yeah, you know, um, we we talked about him many years ago about the MK Ultra aspect of it. Um, I think, well, yeah, he claimed he was in right. a fucking program, right? Having like uh, he had agreed to like the, the mental, t- like you know, yeah. It still goes on. Yeah, it's just a different name. It's a different. It's a different operation name. It's a. It's a whole different like thing. It doesn't have to still be MK Ultra to be MK Ultra esque. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and then the the other thing is, um, they hide behind. Oh, this is a uh, experiment. We're going to pay you three hundred dollars when you're done, and you're here for a week. You know what I mean? Those things. Like, right. You can sign up for that shit. Oh yeah. And then there's also shit going on where they're not telling people. Like mm-hmm. when they fly planes over above, overhead, and, and then spray shit in the air. Yeah, like the flu. That, that's all human experimentation. Like the flu virus. That too bad you're alive. You're getting it. A GMO. That's yeah. another thing too. That's yeah, kind that, of a experiment if you think about it. Oh yeah, it's that, that's the thing that nobody even really realizes. You're all part of it. Everybody's mm-hmm. we're part of it. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do about it. Right. Unless you just don't go outside and breathe. You have air. to go climb the wall of the flat Earth and go beyond. Mm-hmm. Open the door and say yeah. so long, goodbye, and if I don't see you, good, good luck or whatever. He says. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Says. Yeah, whatever. Truman says. <laughs> Dude, I wish they would do a next like a sequel to that. I think I've said this in the past. A what happened next? That would be cool. I want to yeah. know what happened as soon as he walked out that fucking door. Yeah, because you know there was there was probably a janitor. Or something mopping up the area. Okay, what's on the other side of that wall? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it'd be either the outside of that giant studio thing, or right. you know, it's just interesting. Anyways, I don't know how the fuck we got there, but <laughs> I do want to see what happens next. Do Truman yeah. Show Part Two? That'd be cool. Anyways, um, yeah, back to Frank. Yeah, in in you know, and through the and I didn't know it was a documentary at first when I was watching it. You know, because it doesn't. I didn't know anything about it. You just said watch it, so I was starting to watch it. I thought it was just a TV show. And it was it was cool how it was set up because it was started with the reenactment of what happened and then it goes to him getting you know, the son getting interviewed. And like you said, he's the only one that did anything about like looking into it. The mom didn't do shit. Um the brother and, and his wife didn't do shit about it. Like they were there for the press conferences and stuff. But it was only Eric that was really digging well, into it. Because he questioned it, because to him it didn't make sense. Right. Yeah. And look how long it's taken. 60 years, dude. Yeah. He's an old man now. Oh, yeah, super old. Like He's got grandkids and shit now, you know? Like, older than his dad was when he died. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And literally, like... Well, I know you want to talk about uh, Hirsch and, and what you oh. didn't like about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... 
I guess we should explain who that is. But basically, how, where it's gotten is, like, the whole show ends. This is where I'm going to give the whole spoiler mm-hmm. thing. So if you don't want to know how it ends... Go back and watch it. Finish watching and watch it, it, and, and then, then come back. Yeah, just re-listen. But it basically, with without saying it officially, mm-hmm. is that he was thrown out of that fucking window to keep him quiet. Because what it was was the LSD... Um, they they did this test and they found out that he's he, he didn't agree with what was going on in the Korean War with the whole uh, bio warfare yeah. and that shit like yeah. dropping chemical warfare, germ yeah. warfare, and all that. Yeah, mm-hmm. all that. He was against that and other things. Uh, I forget was it no, it wasn't Vietnam. It was um, there's something else they were doing that he didn't agree with. Yeah, and, I think it was. Around. And they gave him this LSD at one of these like little retreat things or yeah. whatever. Found out that he didn't agree with these things. He became a risk <clears throat> to, you know, maybe expose what they're doing. Right. They didn't want that shit out there, so they had to figure out a way to well, they, get rid of them. They tried basically. to they tried to bring him back in and rope him back in, but the LSD fucked his mind up so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, they brought him to a psychiatrist to see if he could help him and to kind of see where his mental state was at. And he said, "Dude, he's a loose cannon right now. He's." so far fucked up in the head that you don't know what he, I don't know what he's going to do. And he even tried to quit. Yeah. You know, yeah. Frank was like, I, I just want to quit. Cause he knew that he became a liability when he spoke his mind. And yep. he was like, I, I want out. Like, just, just fire me. You know, I'm done. Get me out of here. And I'll just, you know, disappear. And he kept saying, I want to disappear. And, uh, yeah. And then next thing you know, fucking. And he probably would have, but they didn't want to take that chance they, because they couldn't. national security. Yeah, you know. And so you had to, you know, get in line or die is basically what happens. Yeah, you know. And I think that's that's how it is with a lot of things with national security. If, mm-hmm. if you just, but look at all the whistleblowers we have nowadays. Like, well, at Snowden. I mean, he's never going to come back to fucking America. He can't. Well, I, I just saw something the other day that. Um, uh, Trump was turning the corner on that, and he may pardon him. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh. Originally, he was, like, against him mm-hmm. and that whole thing. But I swear I just saw something about that. Today. I don't know. I'll have to look into it again. Mm-hmm. But, um, I know, maybe it was Julian Assange. Not It was Julian Assange, not Snowden, the WikiLeaks guy. Yeah. That's who he was going to, like, pardon or something. But he's, I don't even think he's in trouble with the United States. He's in trouble with, like, Sweden or something like that. Julian? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was something. Maybe... It, it was one. It was one of them. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, yeah. I did see something. Uh, so much that I read and I can't. Mm-hmm. It all kind of blends together. Blends together. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was I saying about this though? Um, the uh, he's a security risk. Whistleblower. Yeah. Whistleblower. Um, there's something else I was going to say about it. We were talking about getting in line or dying. Yeah. Well, and that's. That's really how they they handle. Oh, it was something about like all the people that uh, are whistled. Like uh, for instance, that Seth Rich who um, released all those emails to WikiLeaks about uh, Hillary and mm-hmm. Podesta and all that, and then he gets robbed or murdered, which was a robbery gone wrong. But yet his wallet wasn't taken. All this shit. Okay. They have a new way of doing it now. They don't throw you out of a fucking window anymore. They just fucking shoot you and call it a robbery, but don't take anything. Mm-hmm. So he was 
murdered. And, and even though they'll never admit that, right? that's one of those stories that, you know, we could be watching on Netflix in mm-hmm. 20 years when they finally decided, uh, somebody in Southridge's family decided to not sit around and just keep asking questions and push and push and push and eventually get something. Well, I think it's different now. I think no matter how many questions and, and pushing, I don't think they're going to get shit now because they hide behind the Patriot Act and NSA, you know, and shit like that, or national security and all that shit. I just don't think it. it well, they did it back then matter. too. But. Not not as much because it wasn't so. It wasn't so common for people to question in the official narrative. You know what I mean? It wasn't conspiracy theories weren't really yeah, rampant. That, that all started after JFK's yeah. assassination in sixty three, yeah. and this happened in fifty three. Fifty three. So ten years before yeah. that. So easier times Mm -hmm. to, like, cover shit up. I'm sure they didn't expect it to end up how it did. Now, the whole exhuming the body, like, if that happened now, they wouldn't exhume Seth Rich's body. Right. Now they would fight it somehow. Yeah. Some legal something. Like, you know, it's dirty business. Mm -hmm. The point is, this shit happens. It's still happening today. Everything that happens in this movie, it's just an updated version of it. Mm-hmm. And I, well, look, I mean, yeah, and, and you talked about earlier about how they have a new way of doing things. Look at uh, the fucking who was the reporter that his car fucking blew up. Oh yeah, um, I can't remember who he was, but he was fucking. Yeah, hang on. You know what I mean? Like they fucking, we believe that was a fucking rocket, don't you? And then what you thought? Then he get fucking shot up by a plane or some shit. Yeah. Well, like a drone, probably. Yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like that. yeah. The fuck was that guy's name? I keep thinking Stephen Avery, and that's the yeah, no, that's the fucking, fucking guy in Manitoba. Yeah. No, it was Tom something, wasn't it? Oh, it wasn't Tom. Um, Google it. It was the what? It was a Rolling Stone reporter, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, wasn't he with fucking uh, Infowars first? I'm trying to think of all the little pieces. Michael, Michael Hastings. Hastings, there you go. Yeah, yeah. I was close, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I Google this is what I could remember. Rolling Stone reporter, car crash CIA story. And that got us exactly what we needed. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Michael Hastings, that whole thing. Uh, it, so they're they're doing it. And, and who's behind that? And that's what they ask in, in Wormwood is, well, who, who made the call to do that? Who made the call to kill him as opposed to, you know, um, Whatever. Was it Col- Colby? Was he the director of CIA at the time? Yeah, I think so. So it would have to be coming from the higher up of the CIA. And one of the lawyers brought it up very well, or maybe it was Eric William brought it up. Colby. Um, so the decisions made by the top brass to say, yep, we're going to take this guy out. And then they hire in their hit squad and they just say, hey, this guy, they just show him a picture and say, this is the dude you got to kill and that's it. They don't ask questions of how they're going to do it. They don't give a shit. They just want it done. Mm-hmm. You know, and these could be like hired enforcers from the mob. It could be anything. You know what I mean? Because yeah. wasn't there these people ties don't know. from CIA to the mob a while back, too? Oh, yeah. Always. You know? Yeah. All that shit's dirty, dude. I'm, so. And the less, the less they know about the actual incident. Compartmentalization. Yep. The better they are because then they can deny, deny, deny and technically be true. Yeah. They don't know what happened. And, and that's the thing. You and I always bring this up. 
How do you how do you make how do you do nine eleven? Well, compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. How? Well, here's the thing: you can have uh, two thousand people working on one project and only tell certain little groups just their piece of it, and every piece then fits together like a puzzle. But none of them get to see the big picture. Hence the Manhattan Project. We yep. go back to that because it's the best example that you can. If, if everybody knew they were part of making a giant fucking bomb that was going to kill a shit ton of people, nobody would do it. Mm-hmm. But if you, if everybody thinks, "Oh, I'm making this engine. I'm doing this little piece here. I'm doing you know whatever little piece that end up being part of it," and nobody knows what it's, they're telling you it's a part for a car. But it's not a part for a car. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing like mass production, uh, but you're doing this little piece, you're doing this part. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm building this piece right here. Well, there's a lot of dust on that <laughs> when I like started waving it around here. A little, I see all these yeah, dust particles. Um, but yeah, you're building this piece, and this piece is going to go in a bunch of cars. But half of them are going to go in these bombs. We're not going to tell you that. We're going to tell you it's for this car. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's the kind of shit they do. That's compartmentalization. You don't need to know the whole thing. Right. Well, look at look at a firing squad. Only one of them has an actual bullet. Exactly. Yeah. So nobody knows who yeah. actually killed them. Everybody shoots at the same time. Mm-hmm. The person dies, but nobody knows who's... But it's, in this way, that person doesn't have to go home and that everybody can then say, oh, it wasn't my gun. Yeah. And nobody will know. And and then now you don't have to live with that. Mm-hmm. Now there's people that live with knowing they killed people, but they don't need to know why, because if they knew why they were killing that person, all of a sudden now they are a liability, right? And they're being paid so handsomely mm-hmm. that you wouldn't go fucking say, yeah, I. Ki-. I mean, I'm sure there's deathbed confessions. Oh yeah, Absolutely. of these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. these things exist still today. That's what's fascinating is. I like how the CIA tries to play it off like, this was way back then. None of this happens anymore. This is uh, bullshit. New, it new, never stopped. New management. We don't do it anymore. Never stopped. And if the new CIA directors are saying this shit doesn't exist anymore, they don't, and, and they're telling the truth, it's because they don't know because they're this whole deep state that you keep mm-hmm. hearing about in mm-hmm. the news and all this shit, it exists. And and they're they're running this whole black all this black uh, budget, all this underground shit. Yeah, yeah there, there's a whole different level of, of government that you don't even know about. There's it exists everywhere with you know all the way up through the Catholic Church. There's a whole part of mm-hmm. that that you have the front. You have your fucking satanic pope right now. If you look at him, he just fucking looks there's something really? creepy about this guy. Anyways, <laughs> uh, and then there's a whole like part behind the scenes that like controls them. There's a whole other thing we'll get into at some point, but yeah. I like to stay away from uh, religion sometimes because yeah. a lot of people get they get really fucking yeah. Like crazy. Some people can handle our goofy conspiracies we talk about here, but once you get into religion, people get really sensitive. So yeah, try and stay hurt. away from. But yeah, uh, don't believe me on the whole Catholic thing. Go ahead and look it up. That is literally one of the most corrupt organizations mm-hmm. in the world today. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. But yeah, the, all this shit, it's still happening, all of it. And what I found was interesting is the Rockefeller Commission mm-hmm. basically kind of like uh, calling out their own. Yeah, you I know, thought that was weird. You know too. what I mean? When when they first brought it up, I'm like, okay, was that a 
like a commission on the Rockefellers, or did the Rockefellers put that out? But obviously, it's the Rockefellers that put, put that, that out. out, and it, that threw me for a loop too. I was like, "Damn, how how's that going to happen?" Yeah, because nowadays that one's funding all of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Which, so maybe it was the beginning portion before they started. It's a, it's a learning curve. They were, yeah, but they were obviously financially in control back then too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like they just all of a sudden got rich or and all of a sudden got power. I mean, they've been behind the scenes. Long before long, this, yeah. uh, going back to like Titanic and shit like that. I'm pretty sure were... the Rockefellers created God, and one of their kids is Jesus. Pretty sure that's how long uh, they've been here. Bring it back to religion. I oh, sorry, man. Sorry. I'm from... just saying. <laughs> I was just trying to prove my point on how long they've been here. My yeah. Bad. Uh, when did the whole? It was 1913, I think. The whole Titanic. The Titanic. Titanic. It was the RMS Titanic. Titanic two. What the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> that's bullshit. Titanic. RMS Titanic. Um, what am I trying to sink? Say? Just put when when it sink. Well, that's kind of what I'm trying to get at, but not really. Um, 1912. Yeah, 1912, either. That was right there. On tax day. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so. Hang on. I'm go down a whole different fucking path now. Okay. So, but they were they were part of that whole like uh there's a whole conspiracy on the titanic maybe we'll have to do a whole episode on that yeah because i've never seen that people think that the tank titanic didn't even sink no it was a different one different ship oh different ship that sank we'll get into we'll have to do a whole episode <laughs> dude there's a All whole right. big thing and the whole reason they sunk it oh. it was done on purpose intentionally for a reason and and it was a meeting it all started with a meeting on this one little island and I'm pretty sure somebody was representing the Rockefeller family in that meeting, and they were behind it all. Wow. Uh, so anyway, it's not like the – so, like, that's kind of interesting to me that the Rockefeller Commission, like, they had a commission and they were investigating all this shit. But, like, they were into dirty shit way before this, you know, uh, fucking 50 years before this. Right, right. They were into some dirty shit. So I don't know if this was like a, uh, hey, we're going to do a good deed. Or if they didn't get their cut of something. like It's weird that they were investigating right. this, but this was also early days of the CIA because uh, when did that start? CIA started in... Um, yeah, click on it. Around the, it was around that same time. Scroll up, scroll up, scroll up. Formed 1947. 47, and that was in 53. So, yeah, CIA had just started, and it yeah. used to be called Office of Strategic Services, and that started in 42. So, well, it dissolved in 45, so from 45 yeah. to 47, yeah. nothing existed. And, and then, yeah, so two years. Well, it did. They just didn't have a name for it. Oh, yeah, true. You know what I mean? I'm sure there was. You're, you're telling me there was two years where our nation didn't have an intelligence organization. Oh yeah, they yeah true. There had to have been something. Yeah, we just don't know just what the fucking name of it was, right? Yeah, now. and they can't talk about what they did for those two years. Yeah, but anyways, uh, so the government's a lot like Fight Club. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. You can't talk about it. <laughs> yeah, the first rule about Fight Club is don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, right? Isn't that what the first rule is? Yep. Um. Let's see. Yeah, let's look up this Rockefeller Commission because I kind of want to know more. 
the United States President's Commission on CIA activities within the United States was set up under President Gerald Ford in 1975 to investigate the activities of the CIA and other intelligence agencies within the United States. The commission was led by the Vice President Nelson Rockefeller and is sometimes referred to as Rockefeller Commission. The commission was created in response to a December 1974 report in the New York Times that the CIA had conducted illegal domestic activities, including experiments on U.S. citizens during the 1960s. Oh, that whole thing happened in the 50s. Yeah. So that's interesting. The commission issued a single report in 1975 touching upon certain CIA abuses, including mail opening and surveillance of domestic dissident groups. It publicized Project MKUltra, a CIA mind control study. It also studied issues relating to the JFK assassination, specifically the head snap as seen in the Zapruder film first shown on television in 75 and the possible presence of E. Howard Hunt and Frank Sturgis in Dallas, Texas. A larger investigation of the church community. Okay, then we're getting into a whole bunch of other bullshit. Um, in July 1975, the New York Times reported that unnamed staff sources within the Rockefeller Commission said that Sidney Gottlieb, commanded the CIA's LSD experimentation program, was personally involved in the experiment that killed researcher Frank Olson, then destroyed the program's records in 1973. Yeah, that's the crazy thing. All that shit got destroyed. A lot of the paperwork. Yeah, who was it? Was it one of the attorneys said that he went to the CIA and they had burn bowls that were yeah. being burned when they walked in? Yeah. That's fucking nuts, that dude. That is crazy. Do you imagine if they had that now? Oh, they still Well, do. I'm sure they do, yeah. but... It's called a delete button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, that's crazy. MK Ultra, also called the CIA Mind Control Program, is the code name given to a program of experiments on human subject at times illegal, designed and undertaken by the United States CIA. Experiments on humans were intended to identify and develop drugs and procedures to be used in interrogations and torture in order to weaken the individual to force confessions through mind control. Organized through the Scientific Intelligence Division the CIA of the CIA, the project coordinated with the Special Operations Division of the U.S. Army's Chemical Corps. The operation began in the early 1950s, was officially sanctioned in '53 was reduced in scope in 64, further curtailed in 67, and officially halted in 73. The program engaged in many illegal activities, including the use of unwitting U.S. and Canadian citizens as its test subjects, which led to controversy regarding its legitimacy. MKUltra used numerous methods to manipulate people's mental states and alter brain functions, including the surreptitious administration of drugs, especially LSD, and other chemicals, hypnosis, sensory deprivation, isolation, and verbal abuse, as well as other forms of psychological torture. The scope of Project MKUltra was broad within, with research undertaken at 80 institutions, including 44 colleges and universities, as well as hospitals, prisons, and pharmaceutical companies. The CIA operated through these institutions using front organizations, although sometimes top officials at these institutions were aware of the CIA's involvement. As the U.S. Supreme Court later noted in CIA versus Sims 471 U.S. 159-1985, MKUltra was concerned with the research and development of chemical, biological, and radiological materials capable of employment in clandestine operations to control human behavior. The program consisted of some 149 sub-projects, which the agency contracted out to various universities, research foundations, and similar institutions. At least 80 institutions and 185 private researchers participated. Because the agency funded MKUltra indirectly, many of the participating individuals were unaware that they were dealing with the agency. 
Hmm. All this shit still happens today. No, it was halted in 73, no. bro. And that is a, a complete fucking bullshit lie. Yep. If it was officially halted in 73, it started up again in 74. <laughs> it started back up in 73. <laughs> yeah, it started up in 73. It closed down in January later. 1st for the holiday and came back up yeah. on January 2nd. Um, it just, it, they, they they changed the name is what it should say in 73. Yeah, and that's the thing. is they, They're not... They're not going to tell us that it's still going on because well, they can't. it's illegal as fuck and they shouldn't be doing it, but yeah. they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, although Supreme Court sided with the CIA that sources, name, sources' names could be redacted for their protection, it nonetheless validated the existence of MK Ultra to be used in future court cases and confirmed that the CIA for 14 years performed clandestine experiments on human behavior. Between 53 and 66, the CIA financed a wide-ranging project coordinated and concerned with the research and development of chemical, biological, and radiological materials capable of employment in clans. See, and the fucked up thing is the CIA, by their own admission, are not supposed to operate on U.S. soil. Yeah, there's that, too. <laughs> um, so let's go with that first of all, but yet they're fucking experimenting on U.S. citizens. Unwilling, unknowing U.S. citizens. It's okay. So let's let's be clear on what the CIA can and can't do in the United States. Okay. Because we say this, but I think we need to specify. Now this is from CIA's.gov. Okay. Hmm. Hollywood myth versus the real CIA. When you think about the CIA, does a, a famous British super spy come to mind? Are images of shootouts and high-speed chases running through your head? Mr. Bean. Do you imagine... <laughs> nice. Uh, that's pretty good. Do you imagine CIA officers chasing terrorists through American heartland as seen on popular TV shows? While the CIA may have cool spy tools that even James Bond would be proud to use, such as a robot fish that samples water and insect-sized listening devices, the CIA is a lot different than Hollywood portrays it to be. CIA.gov wants to share some of the facts with you. Myth. Everyone at the CIA is a spy. Reality. The case officers commonly depicted in Hollywood are just one specialized occupation in the CIA. These officers recruit people in foreign countries who have access to valuable information. Spies. But the officers themselves are not spies. Myth, the CIA spies on U.S. citizens. Reality, the Federal Bureau of Investigation has the lead on intelligence matters in the United States, especially those directed against U.S. citizens. However, the CIA and the FBI work together as needed to protect the interest of U.S. national security. The CIA does not collect information concerning the domestic activities of U.S. citizens, but its foreign intelligence collection mission can be conducted anywhere. Mm-hmm. Myth, the CIA is above the law. Reality, the National Security Act of 1947 and multiple executive orders provide the authority for CIA activities. The CIA reports to two congressional oversight committees, the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and the Senate Select Committee on, Committee on Intelligence, which ensure that the agency operates legally and within the scope of its charter. In addition to the, the CIA, Office of Inspector General provides independent oversight of the CIA. The OIG performs independent audits, inspections, investigations, and reviews of CIA programs and operations. Uh, CIA's whole point is to break the law in mm-hmm. other countries. Mm-hmm. So, bullshit. Now, maybe here. Right. 
uh, you work for the CIA and you're here in the United States, you can't just go out willy-nilly. Well, you can, uh, and you'll be protected as long as you're, you know, you have, like... Well, it's a Patriot Act, man. I'm doing it for national security. But, yeah, this guy, like, this guy they, you know, they'll, they'll cover it up for you, yeah, basically, course, what it is, because... Uh, but these motherfuckers do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about the normal paper pushers there. We're talking right. about these operators. Most of them are not in this country, but they do run operations in this country. Mm-hmm. Whether they admit it or not, it is happening. Right. I am sorry, but bullshit. Um uh, CIA arrests people who break the law. The CIA, unlike the FBI, has no law enforcement authority. The agency's mission is foreign intelligence collection and analysis. If you have a law enforcement issue, contact your lawyer. Okay, okay. CIA makes foreign policy. The CIA informs foreign policy. It works with other members of the intelligence community to produce objective analysis on intelligence issues. The president and policymakers make all U.S. policy decisions, not the CIA. Uh... CIA overturns governments in other countries mm-hmm. <laughs> for their own foreign policy yeah. to work with our foreign policy in this yeah. country. So they make it. <laughs> These motherfuckers are, I'm telling you, it isn't, I like how they uh, sugarcoat everything. I've never actually read this no, uh, I didn't on know this that. website. I it's didn't know that thing quite existed. interesting. Huh? I didn't know that this yeah. little thing existed. But it doesn't say anything about not operating on U.S. oil. Uh, and when we clicked that link, it showed like it was going to. Uh, Here's the thing. They're not supposed to uh, run their operations here, mm-hmm. but they have to work in the United States because they have an office here. Right, right, right. So, like, the, you know what I mean? There's, That's it, what I meant. They're not supposed to conduct right. their operations Well, their whole operation is supposed to be... Foreign. It, yeah, in other countries, all around the world, even in countries that we're friendly with, like Canada. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, there's. You'd be surprised because <laughs> we're spying on Canada. We're spying on our own friends. It's like, a, you know, a, I, I got somebody living at your house to just keep track of things. You know. Yeah, I got cameras in your house too. So yeah, that's cool. So you know what I mean? That's like that's what CIA is. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we're friends. But then our enemies, we really have a lot of fucking like right. shit right. in there. Um, I'm kind of curious on the first question, just for stupid reasons. Uh, let's see if I can get it right. You can, however, you're be limited in what kind of job you're able to take within the CIA. The question Dave is wondering about is, can you have a tattoo in the CIA? And my answer is, you can, but you're limited as to what kind of job you can have within the CIA. I think... It's Tattoos a... will not disqualify you from gaining employment at the CIA, and all professionally qualified persons are encouraged to apply. They even sugarcoated that. Yep. Like, here's the reason: they don't want you to be with identifiable a, with a tattoo mm-hmm. in another country as an operative or something, because now you're identifiable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. You would not be able to be one because, especially the ones on your hand. Yeah. I'm like sure. your arms, you'd be covered all the time. You'd yeah. probably be okay. But if you, I wear gloves, you'd always <laughs> have to wear gloves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean. And here's the other one. It says for on this. I'm just going to ask Google a dumb question because uh, <laughs> I'm going to see what bullshit answer they give this.
Come on, nothing right from the CIA, huh? Um, there's a they they did a fucking like a law thing that they can't do that anymore. Assassinate people, but oh really? Um, no, let's be honest. Why are we even going to pull a bullshit law in there? We we know they do. Mm-hmm. What is this? this is May 5th, 2017. So not that long ago, the CIA has a long history of helping to kill leaders around the world. U.S. intelligence agency has, since 1945, succeeded in deposing or killing a string of leaders but was forced to cut back after Senate investigations in the 1970s. So, like, the 70s really fucked up the CIA Yeah. for, like, all the shit that they wanted to do. Even though they're not stopping they're still doing it and they're just doing it under better cover you mm-hmm. know what i mean um yeah they tried to kill fidel castro but they didn't right or maybe they did maybe that's why he eventually died like recently maybe they finally fucking got him maybe um yeah it's weird all right uh what were we talking about oh yeah we went down the path of MK Ultra. We talked about that yeah. and all that. And now we're back so, to my thing, Frank Olson. Like, now, I've taken you know acid and LSD. Um, it didn't make me all paranoid and fucked up like he was. Okay. I had a but, conversation with somebody about this the other day. But I do think that if if I didn't... like, So I knew I took it. So I knew what to kind of expect. So if you take it and you don't know you take it, I think you're going to react differently, which kind of makes sense to the paranoia. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Cause, well, I mean, I, this is what I want to say about that. Everybody handles drugs differently. Right, right. So if you're a naturally paranoid person and you take drugs... It's going to heighten it. When mm-hmm. you heighten, or it may have the complete opposite. It may make mm-hmm. you super chill all of a sudden. And same thing, you're super chill, all of a sudden you take it and you're super paranoid. I mean, you can take a drug and I can take the exact same drug and it will, it could work the exact same, it could be completely different. It also, I think, depends on what do you know. And like you said, do you know you took the drug or do you not know you took the drug? Mm-hmm. And then what kind of information were you uh, aware of? Like what information did Frank also know? You know what I mean? He mm-hmm. knew a lot of stuff that they needed him to not talk about. And you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So let's say um, somebody from the government calls in anonymously, says aliens are real, They everything at Roswell was real. Uh, or Let's not even go with that. Let's say this person calls in gives us something that's going to happen in three days. Mm-hmm. We listen to it. We hear it. We now know this information. This thing then happens. The news reports it as some other bullshit. We literally had a call three days before that telling us, uh, giving us a tip of the truth. We now know this. Now somebody gives us LSD, mm-hmm. unbeknownst to us, and we start talking about this shit. And You know what I mean? Like, he knew shit he right. shouldn't have talked about, and then he also disagreed with this whole right angle of things. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, and I don't. Obviously, he didn't know he was given LSD mm-hmm. until he was told he was given LSD, and, and he was already like fucking. And it was goofy at that unclear point. in the movie, but I think 
it showed, I think they continued to do it. Um, because at one shot he was getting out his whiskey and the guy says, yeah, I'm a, I'm a vodka man now or whatever he said. So he didn't want to drink the whiskey because I believe it was, it was dosed also. Mm-hmm. So I think he continuously for like seven days or nine days or however long, I don't remember how many days it was. I think it was nine days. Um, I think he continuously drank LSD or had LSD in his system for nine straight days. Yeah. And that would make you fucked up and paranoid like he was. I think anybody at a certain point. And mm-hmm. two, like, I don't know. It, it, have you ever taken LSD for nine straight days? No, no, not nine. Well, not nine straight days, no. I mean, that's a I long it, time to be I had it for like on one five drink. days, but not straight. Like, I had had it, I'd come down. The next day I'd take it in the morning again, and yeah. I'd come down. And then, you know, so I, I did it five days straight, but not continuously for 24-7, five days a week, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, but and, and two, you weren't in a situation where if you had been taking that, you also knew you were taking it, right? As opposed right, right. to not realizing you were taking right. it, but feeling weird, awkward, whatever, and and then having people ask you questions about things that you know what I mean mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to be talking about. Yeah, yeah, because they and, were doing that because they want to see what he was going to say. Right. Like that's fucked up, and yeah, you can't tell like me that shit does not still happen. It's kind of like their truth serum, you know. Yeah. What I mean? Like they were trying to see if it worked well, as that truth was serum too. Part of the whole yeah. thing, they they would give people uh, when they would get um, spies from other countries, mm-hmm. they would give them truth serums to try and get them to tell everything that they, you know right, what I mean? Right. And and then they would train their our spies that go in other countries how to take that shit and still not. Mm-hmm. Give out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are the tests they were doing. Right. In addition to all this other shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's crazy. It is. It is crazy. But I mean, going back to the paranoia point, like the very first time I took acid, I uh, I was cool at first, and then I got very paranoid towards my when I was coming down. I was getting very paranoid. I remember. Is that why is it? Why does that happen? I guess you know. I don't know. I think it's just the situation and what where you're at in the environment at the time. Like I was uh, freaking out, seeing, and I was paranoid because when I came home, my brother was home and he was awake, and he's like, "Dude, what's wrong with your eyes?" And I'm like, no, "I'm good, dude. I'm I'm just tired. I'm going to bed. My allergies are bad, or something like that." Like, and I ran upstairs, didn't want to be with him. So then I was kind of right. freaking out mentally in my mind, in the back of my head, thinking, "Man, he knows I'm going to be in trouble. He's going to tell mom and dad I was tripping. I was on drugs. I'm going to get in fucking trouble." And then as I was starting to fall asleep, the ceiling fan was going. And your your senses get so high. I've told you the story before. Yeah, like, yeah. Sounds you know. And so I thought, like the ceiling fan, I I thought was a helicopter outside my window, <laughs> and the street light, um, because we had a tree was blowing and it kind of looked like the fl- like a flashlight was shining my window. Yeah. Um, and then, I believe there was, I was thinking I was watching like a cop show or something or something was on, and I could hear him say, "We know you're in there and shit." So I I literally started rocking and shaking on my bed. Um, freaking out because my dad was a cop at the time and I was freaking out. So I went and I, I ended up sleeping in my closet because I was scared they're going to find me. And then come to find out, my brother was like shining a flashlight in my window and knocking on the window and stuff. Oh, really? So he yeah. was fucking so he with was fucking you, with yeah. Me, yeah. But uh, an asshole. yeah, and that was the only time I ever like was paranoid when I was, when I tripped, you know. Um, so I think it is for me. It was because of one thing happened that changed everything in how I tripped and how I tripped lasted so and that could be with him like he knew that they were you know experimenting on people he knew that they had killed other people you know i'm yeah. sure um so and he knew he was alive and that's why i think he tried to quit you know like i said before he knew he was in trouble I, 
I wonder if he, if they would have just let him quit and he would have just disappeared, if he would have ever talked or not. I, I don't know. Because it's not like he would have ever voluntarily taken LSD. Right. After that. Right, right. Or whatever. But then again, I guess, too, maybe it's not necessarily about do we trust this guy to never say anything? What if another country kidnaps him mm-hmm. and then they get him to talk? Right. That could be the security risk, not necessarily. the And, and that think about it. That could play out in today's way of doing things, right. too. It's not that we don't trust you. It's that somebody, other country could get you and force you into talking mm-hmm. by, you know, Start cutting off your fingers and toes, or however they do things. You know what I mean? Right, right. So it's not waterboarding that, and shit. Yeah, you may know all this information, and we trust that you're never going to write a book or tell mainstream media, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's what those other countries, if they were to get you, yeah. knowing that you know stuff, what they can get you to say. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Um. I was gonna kind of want to read this because yeah, it's for people that maybe aren't going to watch this show. Because I'm sure there's people out there that listen and aren't going to watch it, even though they should. Maybe they don't have Netflix, not going to. Netflix killed their cat or something. So <laughs> uh, I'll just uh, kind of jump ahead into the Frank Olson story. At some point, while assigned as a civilian U.S. Army contractor, Olson began working as a CIA employee with the CIA's technical services staff, run by Sidney Gottlieb, as his deputy and his deputy Robert Lashbrook. Um, some of his CIA colleagues were involved in the MK Naomi dash MK Ultra program. Now I've never heard of MK Naomi before. Me neither. Um, but I do think they mentioned it in the show. Maybe. I don't remember him saying not. it. Maybe oh. not. But this is like kind of the first time he's kind of like really standing out. Yeah. Uh, previously known as Project Artichoke, that's what they mentioned. In the oh show. yeah. So the, I think they did because they did talk about Artichoke and they did say yeah. Project. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Known as Project Artichoke and earlier Project Bluebird. It was a program to explore the possible espionage and military uses of psychotropic drugs. Um, So, let's see. Uh, Okay, so Deep Creek Lake was three hours by car from Camp Dietrich. On Wednesday morning, November 18, 1953, about a week before Thanksgiving, a group from the S.O. Division, including Vincent Rouette, Chief of the Division, John Schwab, Frank Olson, Ben Wilson, Gerald Yonitz, and John Mal- Malinikowski. Malinikowski? Something like that. I think that. it was Malinikowski is how they said it. Um, drove out to the retreat. The Dietrich group was met by the lodge, met at the lodge by Sid Gottlieb, his deputy, Robert Lashbrook, and a couple of others from the CIA. On the second day of the retreat after dinner, Gottlieb uh, spiked a bottle of Cointreau uh, with a small quantity of substance that he and his TSS colleagues privately referred to as serunin, but which was in fact lysergic acid diethylamide, or LSD. LSD. Olson asked to quit the biowarfare program a week after the retreat. Ruette was surprised to see Olson at 7.30 in the morning, but asked him in. Olson told Ruette that he was dissatisfied with his own performance at the retreat, that he was experiencing considerable self-doubts, and that, in fact, he had decided he would like to be out of the germ warfare business. He wanted to leave Camp Dietrich and devote his life to something else. 
Olson subsequently suffered severe paranoia and a nervous breakdown. The CIA sent him to New York City to see one of their physicians who recommended that Olson be placed into a mental institution for recovery. This was Harold Abramson, an allergist pediatrician who was helping the CIA with psychotropic research into the effects of the drug. So now, talking about that part, him going to an institution, in the movie he did call, in the reenactment anyways, he called his wife, at least we assume it was his wife because he said, you know, I love you at the end. Um, but he talks to them about him going to, like, they're taking me to a mental institution. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if that's the case, then why didn't the wife say that in one of her press conferences? Why didn't she say something about him going to a mental institution? Because she said that as far as she knew, everything was fine with him. and He didn't suffer a mental breakdown. Yeah, yeah I don't know. That's interesting. You know what I mean? Because uh, Eric said that, and his wife said that when she was talking at the very first press release. Hmm. I guess I really didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why? Didn't and it, I think it was the sixth episode. It was the last episode that that part. But the wife came out was of. like maybe, but see, I think and she I think was she kind was, of. Uh, she was kind of out of it. Like she was aloof, man. She was just like in shock the whole time. Yeah, well, yeah. She kind of stood there. It was there that, and kind of like, well, that's what they told me, so that must be what it is. That could be too. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. unquestioning, very. Yeah, and that uh, could be why she didn't question it. She and didn't say anything because she just didn't really. It seems like that's the kind of person she was. Yeah. You know, like yeah. my government wouldn't lie to me. Yeah, he was my not only that, but the lieutenant um, Dan Vin or whatever oh. Vin. The fuck was his last name? Rouette? I think it was Ben Rouette. He came, and his job, was, after he died, was to take care of the wife. And there was a document in the movie saying that. And he went and spent time with him, and I think he even like bought a bike or something like that for Eric or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he was put on babysitting duty, duty detail to make sure she was okay. Yeah. You know, so that could be why. Well, he, he's a friend. He's, you know, he's staying here, and he wouldn't lie to me. You know, it could yeah. be that. You and know? he pushed that. Story mm-hmm. and narrative, and assured that you know what I mean. If right. there wasn't any questions, I'm sure he diverted everything, mm-hmm. and that's just how it is. You know, yeah, he, I, mean, he I don't was... think back in the day women were like they are now. No, where no. you know, oh yeah, back then it was all Mary Tyler Moore, and yeah, and the Leave the Beaver show, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. June Cleaver, that was her name. I couldn't think of her name. Yeah. Um, one of the other interesting things from this show was the. Uh, uh, they were able to get the audio tape from, or, or the not the audio tape, the operator, because mm-hmm. back then they had the operator that would mm-hmm. connect you. And the guy, Lashbrook, was, Lashbrook, that was mm-hmm. in the room with um, Olson. After Olson jumped, he called uh, someone, mm-hmm. I forget who it was, and said, um, "He's gone. He's gone." Or He's taken care of, or, or something. I believe like he that. said he's gone. And then, and, and because the operator was such a short conversation, the operator just happened to be like listening the whole time and mm-hmm. all that. It's like, why would you s- just say that if this guy literally just jumped out of the fucking window? Yeah, you wouldn't. Right. You know what I mean? It's interesting to me too. Like, yeah. And I like I like the uh, the end of the movie when they showed you two different versions of what could have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I liked that. Um, I think the last one is really what happened. Oh, yeah. You well, know? That's the reason they um, saved it for last. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, and, and so we kind of briefly talked about Cy Hirsch. 
Yeah. Um, so he's an, an investigative reporter and he's one of the ones that broke like Watergate and all that shit. He's been, he's been around for a long, long time. So they got him involved somewhere around the eighties, I think, or the nineties. I can't remember when they brought him involved, but they brought, oh, he's from Chicago. Everybody is. Well, dude, Frank Olson's from Hurley, Wisconsin. That's not too far. Yeah. Anyways, um, so they brought him in to help investigate and he's got connections in the CIA and shit. So they wanted him to find out the real story. So he goes and finds out the real story within like, I think it was two days. He had the, the actual story in two days, but he won't tell Eric because he can't give up his source, which is fine. Like if I, if I get the note, if I get the story, I'm not gonna tell you, Hey, uh, John Doe told me this. I'm gonna say, Hey, this is what I was told by a member of someone that I trust that knows things. This is what I know. And what really pissed me off during the whole interview with Cy is he just kept saying, I can't, I can't talk to you. And he even said at one point, isn't this what the, you wanted to sit down with me for is to have me say, I can't talk about that. It doesn't that infuriate you or something like that. Like he was kind of goading and goading the interviewer saying, yep, keep asking me shit. I'm not going to tell you anything. Yeah. You know, I hate that. It's like, Oh, I'm going to tell you something or I know something, but I can't tell you. Well, yeah. why the fuck can you even say something then? You yeah, know, and it, it makes you wonder why. Why do people say, "Oh man, I've got a juicy fucking tidbit," but I can't tell you? Like, I, I think it's a power trip. Is, I think it's yeah, a power like, trip. You know, to be like, oh, "I know shit you don't know." Ha ha! I'm better than you. I'm more important than you because I got connections. And I know shit. You know, and we talked off the air before we started. I think the whole reason why he went on the show is so when. The sources, he can tell the sources, I didn't tell him anything. Look at the fucking movie. I played dumb. I said I played the fifth basically the whole time. So I think it was the only reason why he wanted to be in it was for that reason. Now, I think you had said or he said somewhere that he didn't want to be smeared, you know, and and portrayed in a negative way. Well, yeah, they didn't. Um, I I think part of it could be that he didn't want the movie to make him out out to be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. A different way. So, um, I think that could be another reason why he agreed. I agree with yours. Yeah, I think, but it's, I think it's more so you know. for his, his own to save face. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, but yeah, it was just like I, the Blink-182 interview that we, we watched with Seth or Joe Rogan. I almost said Seth Rogan. Um, the whole, I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. I yeah. can't tell you that. Tom DeLonge. Can't answer you. I can't answer that. I, what the fuck? I, I wanted to turn it off. Why, why do the interview? Yeah. If you, if you literally can't answer any question that this person's asking you, then don't do the fucking interview. Yeah. Why agree to come on just yeah. to fucking or hang out? Or tell him in advance, don't ask me anything about this because I can't tell you. Right. right. And and or just right up at the front say it. Now mm-hmm. there's going to be shit you're going to ask me that I can't talk about. So, don't ask me about this that, and but obviously you don't want to start interview like, yeah, they're going to be like, "Oh, so why not?" So, how are you? <laughs> you know, that's all I can ask you. You yeah. know what I mean? So tell me about your company, but you can't tell me about your company, right? Yeah, it's or or how you got this information. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't care where. You, as long as you, if you tell me I've got a credible source and this is what I was told, I'll take your word at that. Yeah. I'm not going to ask you who this. I don't give a fuck who the source was. You know, I don't care as some long as you do. believe it. Yeah, some people do, and they want because they know. they want the authenticity. Well, if this person told, if somebody told you this, then who's that person? Because we need to, they, we need there to check out. Well. What if there is no person? This person's just full of shit. Who fucking cares? Mm-hmm. Listen, listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you tell me, you hear it from Alex Jones, and I leave it at that. I don't ask where Alex Jones got it from. Right? You know, I don't care. Like, 
if you, it you makes sense, it's feelings? probably I, what it is. If yeah. it's full, you know, and you don't have to. It's not saying you believe everything I tell you, right? Because I'm sure there's shit that I've covered. You're like this fucking. There's like one percent that I believe. I think. Oh, nice. <laughs> well, you, Just you, you sure put up a good fucking like uh, act and showing up for all these because. Uh, yeah, I'm getting paid to be here, dude. Yeah. That's really. It. Yeah. I'm not even getting paid to be here. Oh, That's bullshit! I can't tell you how I'm getting paid. Ah. Okay. <laughs> uh, See how I set that up? Yeah. Did that on purpose. Um. Um. But, but no, it, the whole thing's fucking. I don't. I don't like that either. And. I don't know. I, I wonder, do I ever do that? Or I'm like, well, oh, I was told by this, but I can't tell you what. The, or I would just no. say, I heard this, and this is what it was. Yeah, usually you say, I, this is what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not, but this is what I heard. If you don't yeah. know. So why doesn't Cy just say that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And I bet, behind closed doors, I'm fairly certain Cy has told Eric, hey, this is what happened. I'm never going to... Talk about it again. I'm not going to go on camera and talk about it. We're never going to discuss it after this, and I'm going to deny telling you it, but this is what happened. This is what I was told. I'm fairly certain that conversation happened at one point. Oh, yeah. You know, because he even said at the end, he's like, Eric knows. Eric knows what happened. Eric knows. I believe Eric is right. Eric knows. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said all that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's crazy. Um, So just to get some numbers right. so after the in 1975, after the Rockefeller Commissioner uncovered the MK Ultra and all that, uh, the government admitted that Olson had been dosed with LSD without his knowledge nine days before his death. After the family announced they planned to sue the agency over Olson's wrongful death, the government offered them an out-of-court settlement of one million two hundred fifty thousand, later reduced to seven hundred fifty thousand, which they accepted. The family received apologies from President Gerald Ford and then CIA Director William Colby. Um, so it actually happened when Colby wasn't in office. It was pre-him. Colby was in office in 75. Remember we were talking about that? Colby wasn't behind this whole thing, though. Oh, okay. No, it was um, Helm, I think, then. Richard Helm. I think, yeah. yeah. Um, then in 94-96, Eric Olson, which is the, the son, had his father's body exhumed to be buried with his mother. The family decided to have a second autopsy performed. The 1953 medical report done immediately after Dr. Olson's death indicated there were, there were cuts and abrasions on the body. Theories sparked about Olson having been assassinated by the CIA. When the second autopsy was performed by James Stars, professor of law and forensic science at the George Washington University National Law Center. And his, close personal friend of the family, by the way. Yeah, yeah. They do mention that in the mm-hmm. show. Uh, his team searched the body for any cuts and abrasions and found none. Stars found a large hematoma on the left side of Olson's head and a large injury on his chest. Most of the team concluded that the blunt force trauma to the head and the injury to the chest had not occurred during the fall, but most likely in the room before the fall. One team member dissented. Stars called the evidence rankly and starkly suggestive of homicide. It's interesting that one of the team members disagreed with the rest. That's like the the one dentist that uh, right. that doesn't Nine, agree. Four out of five dentists yeah. agree that this is the that best. That was the to one use. dentist that's an asshole. Yep. <laughs> in 1996, Eric approached the U.S. District Attorney in Manhattan, Robert Morgenthau, to see if his office would open a new investigation. Steven Saraco Sarac- yeah. and Daniel Bibb of the office's cold case unit collected preliminary information, including a deposition of Lashbrook, 
but concluded that there was no compelling case to send to a grand jury. They could have also been threatened. Mm-hmm. In 2001, Canadian historian and former politician Michael Ignatieff wrote an account of Eric's decades-long campaign to clear his father's name for the New York Times magazine. Eric Olson said the forensic evidence of death is suggestive of a method used by CIA found in the first manual of assassination that says the most efficient accident in simple assassination is a fall of 75 feet or more onto a hard surface. Oh, that reminds me. So his room number was 1018A, Mm -hmm. but they kept referring it to the 13th floor. Why? Yeah, it was the 10th floor. Yeah, but they kept saying the 13th floor. Hmm. I don't remember that. Yeah, they kept saying 13th floor and 13th story. Why would they do that? I don't, I don't know. I, I caught it quite a few times. I'm going to have it, to go back and watch that. Yeah. I don't remember them saying the 13th floor. Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Because most hotels don't have a 13th floor, and the room started with the 10, which would be the 10th floor. Yeah. Well, every hotel has a that has 14 floors has 13 floors. Right, right. They just don't call they don't it the call 13th it. floor. Yeah, it goes 10, 12, 14. Yeah. Yeah. It's stupid. It's uh, fucking dumb, but yeah, watch it again and you'll you'll catch it. I think it, probably in the those, second or third shows episode. That you watch probably get something new every time you watch yeah. it. You know. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Here, 2017 journalist Cy Hirsch in the 2017 miniseries Wormwood, which streamed on Netflix, says the government had a security process to identify and execute domestic dissidents perceived to pose a risk. He said that Frank Olson was a victim of this and an ongoing cover-up after his death. However, Hirsch explained that he cannot elaborate or publish on the facts because it would compromise his source. So basically, your source is the only human still alive that knows everything about this that was there that day and was part of everything. And by giving any more information, it would let everybody know that it was Bill Cosby. It, it's fucking nonsense that mm-hmm. you would not just... How is what your what the truth is going to tie it back to your specific source? Right. Well, he even said even that s- they found it in a vault, inside a vault, inside a vault, inside a yeah, vault, inside okay. a vault. Yeah, inside a vault, inside a vault. And, yeah. And we could just repeat that over yeah. and over. Yeah. Which is weird that that exists, too, because mm-hmm. where the fuck is that? I want to go. You know, shit. Where is your vault inside of a vault, inside of a vault, inside <laughs> of a vault, inside of a vault? Because it's like the beginning of uh, the movie with um, The Rock and uh, what's his name from The Office? He he was an anchor man. That's the retarded guy. The loud noises. What's his name? Steve Carell. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the movie called? Steve Carell. The Rock and Steve Carell. I don't remember a movie with yeah. the two of them in it. Yeah, it's not the fucking stupid remake of a spy movie. Hang on, I'm gonna Google it. Get smart. Oh yeah, where they like go through a a thing like a door, and then yeah. another vault door, and then another yeah. vault. It, that's what it's like. Yeah, which is weird. Or, or is that just uh, they're putting a little sugar and spice on that? I think is there really right. a vault inside of 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 a vault? I don't know. Maybe it's in Vault Montana. 
I mean, if that exists, I'd like to fucking know what you're hiding in there. Right. Um, maybe it's in Area 51. Maybe. Inside of a mountain. Mm-hmm. Inside of a volcano. What's... Inside of the yeah. flat Earth. Inside of the inner Earth. Inside of the... <laughs> on the moon. Yeah, on the moon. Um, maybe that's what's actually in Area 51. The the Frank Olson file. <laughs> yeah, just that file yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about all that, but I don't know, man. It, I mean it was a good it was a good story, you know. Um it's fucked up that it happened to the family and whatnot, but it happens with many families, dude. That's the thing. Like yeah. it, there is this isn't the only one. He, and he's not the only one that right. they did this shit to and probably killed him throughout. I bet if you went back and said uh could could do research and find out any person that worked for the CIA during between 1950 and 1960 or even 70 that then committed suicide I guarantee you they did not commit suicide mm-hmm. not a single one yeah I guarantee you well, they're all murdered the other thing too that I just remember too is the I think it was the night assistant manager he was one of the first ones to the body on the, on the ground, and he wrote a letter to Eric and the family and with his condolences and, and said he's seen many accidents, many suicides, and he believed in his heart and mind and soul that it wasn't a, a suicide, and it haunted him for years to come. Yeah. You know? Um, but, yeah, it the whole thing, man, fucked up. Yeah. But it... It happens. And that's the fucked up thing that people don't understand that it happens. And it's still happening today. Yeah. It's just a different way. Yeah. And it makes you wonder. So, like, all these. Um, Look at all the people die from Clintons. Clintons. All the suicides. Anybody mm-hmm. that fucking knows the Clintons ends up killing themselves. Like, I understand. I wouldn't. Like, she's so horrible of a human being that I would probably want to kill myself too if I was, like, close to her. <laughs> But not as many people commit suicide as they want you to believe. Yeah. Like, it's well, ridiculous. Look at um, Chester Benningfield and... Uh, Bennington, yeah. Bennington, yeah. And, and Cornell. Cornell. Look at them. Yeah. They, they don't... No, it didn't happen. Neither one of them committed suicide. They were both murdered. And right after they both fucking concert? Like, seriously? Yeah. And what they were involved with, with the foundation, mm-hmm. and finding out about all the pedophiles and all that shit... And maybe we're going to come clean with it. Mm-hmm. Oh, all of a sudden, we're going to kill ourselves. No. Nobody does that. Nope. Every single person that in, in this world that commits suicide was like they had information. Uh, it still happens. Mm-hmm. CIA, and, and maybe not the CIA. Maybe it's done through private companies now. You know what I mean? It could be. It, it could be. It could be. You both. can contract out through with with black budgets and all this, and, mm-hmm. and and you don't have to fucking answer to anybody. Like, right. there's a whole lot of shit that goes on that we're not privy to, but I guarantee you, not all of these suicides are suicides. Right. Not all these things are what they seem and what you're being told. Mm-hmm. The official story. So many Again, secrets is bullshit. Yeah. And uh, but anyways, watch this show. It's it's pretty good. Or just uh, have enjoyed this episode. Now you don't need to. I'd say I'd say still go I'd watch, still watch it because it. it's it's worth uh, the four hours. Yeah, and it's really uh, four hours. What's four hours? Yeah, no shit. 
I mean, yeah, split up between two days like you did. But it's good. Three episodes a day, you're good to go. Yeah, there you go. Um, Next episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the Detour Podcast Network on iTunes, and don't forget to rate and review while you're there. You can also download the Stitcher and Podbean app to your device for free and search Detour Podcast Network and subscribe. If you enjoy listening to the shows on the Detour Podcast Network, then spread the word to everyone you know. Your word of mouth is our best advertising method, and we appreciate your support. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody, do you do shopping online? Well, do us a favor and go to d2rpn.com and click our Amazon banner and help out the network. It's going to cost you nothing extra. We get a percentage back from everything that you buy. And uh, you know what? That would be a win, win, win. It's a win for you, win for the network, and a win for Amazon. Um, Great prices, uh, everyday savings, and uh, you get what you want, and you're helping us out. So this is kind of like donating, but you get something out of it. It's great. Um, So go do it, d2rpn.com. There's banners everywhere on the website.
thanks for your support. Hey, fellas. Does your beard itch? Does your beard not grow in all the way? Go to phoenixbeardoils.com today. We've got great beard oils with sensual love. We also include the emotional healing properties and the aromatherapy information with each scent. Go to phoenixbeardoils.com today and give someone the bird. D2R Podcast Network Hotline, USA Chat 311. That's 872-242-8311. If you call and we're recording, we'll take your call live on the air. If you call and we're not recording, leave a voicemail with your name, the show you're calling for, and we'll play it live on the next show. The hotline is open 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Once again, the D2R Podcast Network Hotline, USA Chat 311. That's 872-242-8311. Call today!